Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Business Hangover is hosted by Nikki Mackey and Sarah Godfrey. We're a couple of business owners and advisors who've worked in one way or another as human behaviour analysts for individuals, businesses and organisations. We co-chair a national not-for-profit and we run our own highly successful businesses. We coach, mentor, advise, speak and write on all things biz and humanistic, all with a sense of humour and trying to keep it real. Together we invite you to think, be challenged, debate and take on what we've learned in our over 20 year of doing what we do. So hi Nikki, how have you been this week or a couple of weeks as it were? I've been okay, just uh, working out and I think today when we were talking about well, what are we going to talk about today <laughs> even though we know we can talk about anything um but the false imposter that we wanted to kind of grapple with a little bit today man that's been me in the last few weeks it has of, been hasn't it it's it been. really has you know thinking about who i who am i i'm making a shift in my in my business and what does that look like what does that mean in the role that i play in family what does that mean in the role i play with um, friendships, being happy to stay in one place, the value I'm going to, you know, offer to to businesses. Um, and I think it, it really, through our conversations, awakened a lot to the fact that, you know what, sometimes it just doesn't feel real. Mm, no, I agree, yeah. I think um, I was in your position about three or four years ago when I decided, you know, am I going to stay um, being a business owner? Um and went and saw my own coach, got a fantastic business coach and, and talked about that transition and, and underneath that was this false imposter um, feeling of if I move out of my comfort zone, uh, am I that person? Can I run the show the way I want to? Who am I if I'm not a business owner and psychologist? So I think it all touches us, especially when we're doing change. Yeah, very much so and I think through lots of conversations I've been having with you know, if it be um, friends um, I've had or colleagues talking about the fact that they've owned, many of them have owned their own business and gone, you know what, I don't want the complications anymore. Mm. I want to just go to work, come home and have a disconnect because as a business owner, you're always on. You are. You, you never turn off. No. So what I thought was really fascinating when I was thinking about imposter syndrome from a site point of view, this comes up over and over again, and from a coaching point of view, it's never-ending. As soon as somebody wants to start a business or change dynamic or, or go for a promotion, they get this horrible feeling that, you know, oh my God, I'm going to be found out that I actually don't know anything. And so I was really thinking about it, and I just did a touch of research, as I'm inclined to do, and... Um, what I found out, which was fascinating for me, is it's not actually a syndrome because a syndrome, false imposter syndrome, means that um, it's only a select few. But 
there's this thing called a pluralistic ignorance, which means actually we all experience it. So when you're sitting there looking across the table and thinking, um, I'm not going to say anything because everyone's going to find out I'm an idiot or I don't know my job or I have no idea why I'm even here on the boardroom table, um, just have a look around and think everyone's done that at some point. So it's it's not an individual thing. It's a global thing. We all fear it. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think, you know, it's and you experience it in different ways throughout your entire life. Mm. You know, it might be um, as a professional, it may be a teenager who's, you know, battling with, do I need alcohol to be confident at the next party? Do I need to, you know, those people that always, I know as I do lots of presentations, say to me, how do you get up in front of people and always look so confident? I'm like, I am, I've done this millions of times over, but every time you still have a knot in your stomach. Mm, and I think, oh yeah. like you said, it's not a, it's not a syndrome. It's that inherent desire to be, be the best that we can be all the time and so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we have these I don't know about you Sarah but I talk a lot to myself in my head um that's correct but also I'm the only one that can rationalize no one else gets my thoughts um but I think the thing is is that I often say to people that you know talking to myself is not a sign of insanity it's reminding myself of the value of what I'm doing Mm. and then I'm it's okay Mm. to feel a little bit uncomfortable yeah definitely I I was just thinking what you were saying you know becoming a parent Mm. is a big false imposter I've got a lot of clients at the moment uh, moving into parenthood and you can see from the way that they're struggling that um yeah it's something like hang on I'm not equipped to be a parent and I think that's the false imposter syndrome or uh effect there and then so many times in our lives as we grow and change yeah we're challenged by it and I think it's um also it's like when we you know we all have a degree of that creativity that entrepreneurship within us and it's like okay well before I can start I need to do an abundance of research I need to read every new business book out there to learn but what it's actually probably more inherently based on is being able to can I rationalize my proposition to someone else Mm. you know can I get that message through and you know one of the things it's like when I talk about CEOs the best CEOs are actually the best conductors Mm. yeah they they're not the subject matter expert everyone thinks Mm. oh well if I'm going to be a CEO when I grow up Mm. it's actually going to be that I have to know everything about everything Mm. you don't no and and more so is um, actually being a better people person as a CEO that's correct because so the false imposter syndrome really is Um, when we are sitting there and we have great self-doubt for some reason we've gotten the job we've gotten the position we're on the board we've opened our company we've we've built the business and then something happens that is challenging and we doubt our ability to make it forward to actually get through that and then that fear comes in that everyone's going to see that we have no idea what we're doing and we're going to be unmasked as it were and it's such a strange feeling because if you're there and you've got the job or the business or the position, you obviously have the, the schutzpah to, to get there. Absolutely. And I think it's also, you know, the fact that when you when you secure a job, when you start a new business with your first client, is that for 
a often undefined reason you created trust and confidence and you know I think it's inherently where the challenge comes from is that we lose that confidence because we think now we've got it we've got to prove it but in reality what are you trying to prove that's right and what you're saying is you've stepped out from an internal locus of control into an external one people's opinions of you matter more than the opinion that got you of yourself into the position in the first place. Yeah, and very it's much really so. hard to battle that because we have to pay attention to how we're affecting others and their their attitudes towards us or their input. You know, a healthy constructive criticism is fantastic, I think for growth, but it's a dangerous line between feeling a little out of your zone or out of your comfort zone and the fear of that I am just so far out I'm about to be shown to be a, a true falsity in my position. Yeah, and I think that's um, I think that's correct in that we look at everything that we do and perceive that there's going to be judgment attached. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's actually the inherent desire and maybe it's more about sitting back and listening. You know, you mentioned about the need to and a big role of leaders in business as business owners but also in leadership roles is to engage the team and be intuitive to human behaviour. But I think it's also about listening, you know, and it's that strategic listen in that, you know, open your ears to hear what people are actually saying. Remove the perception, remove titles, leave them at the door and focus more on why does someone feel the need to contribute? It's because they've got something. So Sarah, when we started talking about this false false imposter, what was it that took you back to a place where you felt that that was you? Look, um, you know, I actually was an imposter. It wasn't even false. I was right in there um, much when I was much younger. um, I went for a job at this restaurant in Melbourne in the city and um, it was a really cool place. Like journos were there, actors, producers, um, singers, writers. It was such a cool place to work. Anyway, they were looking for a cocktail waitress and I was totally not skilled in that area. But what I did say was, uh, yes, my thinking was I drank a lot of cocktails. How hard could it possibly be? Well, a couple of weeks later, the manager called me into the office and um, sat me down and he said, Sarah, you don't know how to make cocktails, do you? And I had to come clean at that stage and say, no, but I haven't had any complaints because I hadn't. And the fact was to make up for the fact I didn't know how to make a cocktail, I was plying everyone with alcohol. (laughs) So everyone was drunk because it was a place for boozy lunches. Um, But their profit margin was dropping rapidly because I was using all this alcohol to make up for my lack of skill. Anyway, the guy said, he's so patient with me. They were a great team. Uh, He said to me, Sarah, you would have got the job anyway, um, but there's a cocktail manual under the till if you care to look. 
So I didn't get the sack, but what it really did, Nikki, was teach me a big lesson. It is so okay to say, I don't know. And as a psychologist too, and in business and as a coach, those three words for me have been powerful to hold that imposter syndrome at bay because if I say I don't know but let's find out or I'll find out I'm admitting that I'm not here to know all and everything but I can have the capacity to find out so for me being an imposter turned out to be a cure for my imposter syndrome yeah (laughs) fantastic and you know what I think we've all had those moments what's yours Um, my moment was you know my mother always taught me because we're not both my mother and myself like many others out there not really good at saying no so if someone asked me something I'd go to a meeting and you know I'd convert that meeting into business and they'd say oh look by the way can you also I know I might have got in there to talk about a performance management system and while I was there they said oh you know you really know what you're talking about um it'd be really helpful if you could help us make our warehouse more efficient So as my mother had taught me, I'd go, of course I can. (laughs) But of course, I really never stepped foot in a warehouse and didn't know where to start. So what I did and, you know, going back to the how do you cure that that sense of going, oh, my God, did I really say yes, Um, was that I went out of my way to go and learn the how. So I went out there, I jumped on a forklift, I got in a truck, I did the delivery run, I stood at a conveyor and learnt how others did it and went back to really saying and putting my hand up to all the team saying, you know what, my saying in life is always that I'm not precious. Mm. I've got a methodology on how I get to where I am but I'm not saying I'm the expert on what you do every single day. And I think that's really what I've done is that we all have strengths. And I think, you know, my biggest learning has been is that it's just about uncovering those strengths so that you can then help people feel confident in whatever they do. Because look, in my field, starting my business and my career always being in HR, kind of get thrown stuff like a lot of HR people found during COVID is well oh my goodness it's about people so oh can you help with that um is that it's not that I don't know it's that it's being intuitive about human behavior and learning to it's not about staying in your lane it's more about saying you know what Everything could be a contribution. Everything could be your next amazing product development. Absolutely. But if you don't open up to, you know, taking away the boundaries, give people sort of some guidelines, but you know what? Open it up far and wide and get people to just throw some ideas in there. But leave the judgment, and I said before, leave the titles at the door. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree completely. I think the idea is if, if we're walking in with that idea that we're going to be caught out, that we don't have the skill base, that we fluked our way into this mm-hmm. position, then we're seeing ourselves as a silo instead of part of a, a, a an organisation that's moving and changing all the time. And so sometimes, yeah, you won't be the smartest person in the room or the most skilled person in the room. And then organisations move and change and suddenly you are. That skill base, that knowledge becomes what everyone needs. So it's, it's nearly knowing you have a place, but your place will move and shift all the time. It doesn't mm. mean it's false if you're not across the board on everything. No, and I think what it does as well is 
is, you know, through, um, you know, the COVID experience, the the most sought after skill from teams was that they wanted leadership that was authentic. Mm. And authenticity comes from the very statement of, I don't know. But where leadership comes from is the ability to then turn that into, but let's find out. Yeah, definitely. And I, look, I think we've gotten past the age of, of ego. I think the narcissistic um, trend is slowly edging back and it, it's not about um, always being the top gun and, and the person that everyone's bowing down to and going, oh my God, aren't they so brilliant? It's nearly like humble is a better place to sit now and to be thinking if I have a conversation, then that conversation will teach me something. And it happens both ways. So even though you 100%. might think you're not, you know, a CEO yet, mm. the fact that you're having conversations with CEOs or C-suites means that you are at that level and you're transferring information back and forth. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I was looking at some of the research the other day that 70% of people feel that sense of feeling ill-equipped mm. to fill the shoes that they've put out there that, that are their right fit. And it all comes down to, I mean, if you look at, you know, normal human behaviour is people get out of bed for a sense of purpose and a sense of achievement. Now, that sense of achievement can be the wage that you draw. That sense of achievement can be your job title, your contribution base, or just going and hanging out with some really cool people. Mm. Um, but I think when anything is driven by a desire for it to achieve, then there's also the balance of that um, self-doubt in your ability to actually do it. But if we take away the element of judgment within organisations, judgment around even things like a performance appraisal system, whereas if you don't get a certain number, you don't get a salary review mm. or you don't get a training opportunity, what about we take away the numbers? What about we take away the grading scale and say that it's more about the human behaviour to give it a go? Oh, I, I think KPIs are, are an archaic system now, really, in terms of how do we value people? So, yes, we hit the targets, but, of course, they will because that's why we hired them. Yeah. Like, you know, we didn't hire them to not meet those targets. So it's, it's at a deeper level. So mm. how are you contributing to the culture of the organisation? What value are you bringing to the relationships and to the overall energy of the business? What ideas and creative and innovative thoughts have you brought to the table? There you KPIs. Well, that's right because, you know, for me, um, attitude and behaviour are what really are the drivers of performance. You know, having a KPI up on profitability, um, having KPIs around stock movement, stock on hand, what do they, what's going to drive someone to get that? Yeah. And it's that drive for achievement, the drive to be creative because plan A didn't work, so I've got to have a plan B, C and D. You know, it mm. is that inherent behaviour. And when you think about the skills that people that are most sought after are the decision-making skills, the creativity, the um, problem-solving and project management skills because they're actually inherently what I would like in every organisation, in my organisation. How can I go on holidays for two weeks and just know the world's going to go mm. around? Mm. It goes around because I've said I trust you mm. because I pay your wage. Mm. 
but I also believe in you because you demonstrate creativity, mm. you demonstrate the ability to think outside the box. Yes. I think um, a lot of our listeners, and I want to give a big shout out to the USA and UK. Thank you all for joining us. And please really, um, I'll, we'll put all our info and links and stuff at the end of this, but you know, please uh, let us know what you're interested in and and how you're enjoying the, the podcast. And pick this out. You know, mm. we're happy for, tell your friends if yeah. you've enjoyed it or if there's a particular, you know, area that you're looking for. Mm. I mean, when we look at the demographics of where mm. we're hitting, mm. who we're helping, um, Sarah and I both know that we work with organisations and individuals of every um, gender, of every size, of every industry. Mm. And the reason we do that is because it's all about tapping into the energy that yeah. you want to sustain. Yeah. And we can work with anyone. Um, yeah. Nikki, um, a lot of uh, amazing listeners out there and followers are often women who are coming back into the workforce um, or starting a business have decided their kids are old enough that they can do some me time. And a couple of tips I'd say to them would be um, focus on the value you're contributing rather than the skills. So you've got the skills because you've got the job. So that's the thing to really remember. They didn't hire you because they felt pity for you. They hired you because you've got the stuff. So, but focus on the value you're giving. So that can be in the conversations, in the culture, in the um, organizational creativity or innovative thinking, F focus on value, um, expose yourself and not in that way. So anyone thinking mm -hmm. down that line, no, expose yourself as being vulnerable. Don't pretend you have all the skills, as we've said, just be you, just, do the I don't know, or um, I'll find out. Use that language when you feel that you're going out of your depth. And the other big one, don't compare. They didn't hire you because they want a whole team of robots who do exactly the same thing and say the same thing. They hired you because there's a difference and they're looking for that difference. So don't compare. What would be your kind of? Look, I think there's, um, there's a couple of things. So there's the first one in terms of business what I'm finding is since doing my um, mental work with uh, the Victorian Chamber of Commerce was that a lot of people are saying I don't know you know this has changed my world how do I regroup mm -hmm. how do I reposition and some people are making the decision to step back and pass on to the next generation in their business how do I build show them my passion and my energy but allow them to make the to move the chess pieces mm -hmm. Um, so certainly I think it's around saying what skills, you know, going back to like people re-entering the workforce, what skills do I impart or my knowledge, my point of difference that go, oh, my God, that's right, that's Sarah Godfrey's business. Yeah. That's what you really want. But it's also around, I know personally, you know, after for 10 years um, I've travelled every fortnight if not um every week and you know the 
made the decision. There was lots of things I missed out on, but I also with my own family, but I reinvested back in them in different ways by having experiences with them. But I, for example, taking a personal example, now that I'm not traveling as much because there's the art of modern technology, um, I've come back to running the business, but also physically because my office is at home, going, okay, like I can actually get dinner on the table. <laughs> I think my children thought I didn't know how to cook. I'm sure mum um, don't. <laughs> and now they've learned. I know, you know, last week the kids going, oh, my goodness, mum, you've had dinner on the table like four or five nights Yay. running. Yay. <laughs> and um, but feeling like I was this now, this sense of an imposter that oh, I don't know that I'm really good at this. Mm. Like I've always had support to assist with some of those activities and put a lot into the business. I and, love that, Mickey. And now I've yeah. flipped it. But the mm. best thing ever, timely, seeing it was Mother's Day, that it was only reinforced um, recently on Mother's Day when my children gave me my card and said, thank you for your continuous support. You provide us every single day. And that, you know, thanks for being the best mum ever and putting up with me. And I think one of the things, and it reinforced what these same three children um, did a number of years ago when I turned 40. They all sat down and, you know, picked up post-it notes each and wrote down eight sayings as to what mum meant to them. And, you know, some were down that I just cook good schnitzel. <clears throat> That's important. The most important. Um, but also it was around that no matter and the statement that's always resonated with me and made me feel okay about decisions that impact my family have been that no matter where you are, I know you're thinking of me and I know that you're that I can ring you every single day. So I made a conscious decision um, to always be there in terms of presence, even when I wasn't physically. But, you know, that that's made me feel, um, am I a bit of an imposter that, you know, my children are saying I'm a great mum, <laughs> but really I haven't been here. But I love that it's the reverse to what we're talking about because mm. I'm mentioning mums or women moving back out into the workforce and I, I wonder how often as a businesswoman we talk about being the mum imposter because I've Absolutely. worked right through all my, my children's lives and I don't cook <laughs> because um, I hate it. So, I, you know, it's, it's a really great point you make about whenever we're not doing the role that we feel is a comfort zone, we do feel a little bit like, am I? can I do this? Am I really good at this? Yeah, and I think, you know, it demonstrates back to that point that feeling like an imposter <clears throat> is because we all wear so many hats and reality is, is I don't know about you, but, you know, a cap does not suit me, but a wide-brimmed <laughs> sun hat may. And when we wear so many caps, it is unrealistic to think yeah. we've got it yeah. in every one of those. But having the right attitude and behaviour to say, I'm giving it a go and I haven't got it right, but, hey, hands up, 
didn't get it, but tomorrow night I won't burn those schnitzels. So remember, there is no false imposter syndrome as such. It's something that uh, puristic ignorance, we all feel it in some manner or form, um, whether it being parenting, whether it being business leaders, whether it being CEO or business owners. It's a very natural way, but doubt is a good thing. Um, having doubt, checking in, making sure that you're rolling in the way that you need, in the lane that you should be, is always a, a, a good place to start. All right, so it's that time again where we talk about our moments of uh, distractions or um, stupidity. Me being I still have purple (laughs) hair because I can't remember how to wash out purple shampoo, clearly. Um, But, Sarah, what what happened with you? Oh, look, I had a fairly quiet week, I have to say. Um, uh, But I had more of a realisation than distraction this week and it really was about I think triggered by visiting my accountant which no one really ever wants to do Um, and I've been easing back on the pedal in one area of my life and expanding in another so I'm pulling back um, my role as well identity as a psychologist and working more and more in the coaching and podcasts and and just having fun Um, but man it's hard it is so hard to shake that identity and, and create and have comfort in the unknown space of this other person who isn't governed by profit margins and isn't governed by um, building anything particularly. Um, It's it's very hard to move back. And uh, I have um, over 17 people who rely on my clinic. I have um, three staff actually. Um, And being responsible for them, it's this weird, balance of wanting to do my thing but having so much responsibility for so many other people um and I'm I'm juggling that I'm not sure where I'm going with that but (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm making a mess of that but my accountant certainly told me that you know easing back at the rate I'm easing back maybe isn't that great (laughs) yeah there's probably there's probably some different pace (laughs) but it's true as business owners and we talked about it before like man how do you get that right balance Uh, you either feel like you're an imposter or you feel like oh if i step back too far am i going to affect the income and stability of other people um this is a two-year plan i've been working on this shift for Mm. two years and i think we we might talk about this for all those business owners at our age and at our positions looking at transferring next session it might be a really good thing so how how do we how do we hand over leadership things like that but Nikki, I've got to ask you, your distraction's hilarious because we've all been there and um, please tell everyone what you got up to. So my distraction is around, and it kind of links to yours in a sense of around having fun. I think, you know, there's been so much that has changed in our worlds that, you know, when's the last time you actually (laughs) barely laughed, had a great time and just laugh for no reason? Well... I had a few weeks ago um, where, you know, went to a friend's daughter's 18th and decided that this was my night to have my belly laugh. (laughs) Well, apparently, because there's a proportion of time that maybe (laughs) seemed to disappear from sundown to sunup, but 
I belly laughed so hard that I probably fell asleep somewhere that, you know, wasn't really my plan at the start of the evening because I decided that the need to get that belly laugh took me back to being 18. But apparently my body disagrees with the fact that I'm 18 at all. And unfortunately, what I did learn is I can now appreciate the challenges that my teenagers are faced with. Because in my time, there was no phones out there taking pictures of you (laughs) in your not best. Well, apparently... There is pictures of me at my not my best. (laughs) And, you know, whilst absolutely was not the intention, all you can do is reflect back and go, oh, well, I gave it a go, but on this occasion I failed. Oh, I'll tell you what, there's no way our ageing bodies absorb alcohol like they used to. There's no way. (laughs) No, that's right. But again, it's also the hats that you wear. I'm there as a mum and, yeah, so many teenagers told me I was cool, but I think I got carried away by the coolness and (laughs) forgot that um, mind and body just don't match. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I remember being at a 21st of my great friend Lisa and, you know, um, I wasn't even drinking that much on that night, but, you know, you had to dress up. So I dressed up 80s style and oh, I don't know what happened in my head, but I thought I looked and was as old as I was in the 80s. And I was dancing like Madonna, you know, had nothing on me. And I saw photos of that lady and I thought, what the hell did I think I was doing? It was not, I can tell you, not a good look. (laughs) And definitely not Madonna. Definitely not Madonna. Um, But there's a weird thing that that muscle memory kicks in and you go, oh, yeah, I remember what this was like. Yeah, yeah. off we go. That's correct. Or maybe it's just us. Having thought that, maybe there's a lot of people out there that know how to behave. That's correct. But I think it all goes back to, you know, one of the things that Sarah and I have really both reflected on and why we wanted to do this podcast is that, you know what, we have knowledge, we have um, been successful in business for, you know, over 20 years each in our own businesses, let alone pre that. But also it's time in life to just you know have a bit of fun as well and this is fun you know we we don't really plan this we we go off on tangents um and we had uh, no structure about it we just put up a mic turned on the computer and went for it and i'm loving the uh evolving learning of this um so really um all you listeners you've been great you've given us some fantastic feedback and um please follow our socials they'll follow right after this and we'll um see you next time and also don't forget because we've never told you who we are we do have last names yeah we have last names so if you want to find out more about us um we'll put the links on we'll put the links on after this but Nikki Mackie. Nikki Mackie and Sarah Godfrey are your hosts. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Bye. So that wraps up another episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us and read the blogs, The Extra Sip. You can uh, share, follow and sponsor us just by contacting us. Find us on Instagram at The Business Hangover, at Sarah Godfrey AU and at Nikki Mackie 92 You can follow us on our LinkedIn at Sarah Godfrey and at Nikki Mackie. 
and on our web business uh, pages, peopleassets.com.au, mickeymackie.com.au, sarahgodfrey.com.au and movingmindsets.com.au. Okay, until next time. So that wraps up another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us and read the blogs, The Extra Sip. You can uh, share, follow and sponsor us just by contacting us. Find us on Instagram at The Business Hangover, at Sarah Godfrey AU and at Nikki Mackey 92 You can follow us on our LinkedIn at Sarah Godfrey and at Nikki Mackey and on our web business uh, pages, peopleassets.com.au, mickeymackie.com.au, sarahgodfrey.com.au and movingmindsets.com.au. Okay, until next time.